Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Here we are coming to the conclusion, well, not the complete conclusion, the penultimate episode and conversation of Matthew chapter 4 <laughs> this week. Because it's Thursday, it is not Friday. That's correct. It is Thursday. Thursday, and we've got Matthew chapter 4. As we proceed on from the temptation scene of verses 1 through 11, we're going to pick up our reading in verse 12. Uh, I've got the New King James Version. We're going to read Matthew 4, verses 12 through 22. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Somewhere beside the sea. <laughs> okay, no, that's not. <clears throat> Somewhere waiting for me. No. The sea is the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. We're, we're being given some geographical markers here. Yeah. Uh, Harkening back to even the allotment of the land, uh, the promised land of Zebulun and Naphtali, but we're, we're up north now. We're in the region of Galilee. Let's go back to Isaiah 9 really quickly. I, I really, right. what, what I wanted to do was talk about what it means to follow Jesus, but I don't know, something about uh, your reading there really pulled out this fulfillment of prophecy. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just because of so many of our conversations have been about that. It made yeah. me just, while you were reading, jump back to Isaiah 9. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. That that concept of glory was taken away. God mm-hmm. God held them in contempt, but now has made the way glorious. And what what is coming to my mind right now is that picture in Ezekiel of the glory of the Lord leaving the temple, and then Ezekiel promising that the glory of the Lord will return to the temple. But then we get to where the temple is rebuilt by Zerubbabel in the book of Ezra, and there is a complete difference between what happens there and what happened both when the tabernacle was built and set up and when Solomon's temple was set up. You know, when the tabernacle was set Mm -hmm. up and Solomon's temple was dedicated, the glory of the Lord in the form of that cloud come in so strongly that the priests have to leave Mm -hmm. and aren't able to minister. But you get to Ezra, and when Zerubbabel builds that temple, 
the very next and it's dedicated the very next verses and the priest started doing things yeah it is it is just a painfully obvious contrast that this thing that Ezekiel talked about about the glory of the Lord coming back into the temple was not fulfilled when the temple was rebuilt. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm I'm hearing this thing that Matthew says about Jesus as he's walking by the way of the sea, and I go back to Isaiah 9, and it's talking about the glory mm-hmm. coming into Zebulun and Naphtali, which really highlights, though we don't see it in Matthew, it's we see it in right, Luke. Right. When did the glory of the Lord come back into the temple? When was that fulfilled? It's when Jesus comes, mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. him coming into the temple uh, at his at his dedication at his uh, when when his parents are offering the sacrifice for him, and of course when he gets circumcised. Of course, we have him going into the true heavenly temple mm-hmm. at his crucifixion, tearing up that veil, and and now able to carry us through. When when was that fulfilled? I, I think we're seeing right here that it, Jesus is the glory of the Lord, mm-hmm. and wherever he is walking, the glory of the Lord is going there and filling that and lighting yeah. that up. How amazing is that? Yeah. And that echo of chapter one, that he is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. And here we go, uh, seeing that, that God is coming to his people. This uh, region, which apparently had been um, outcast and af- affiliated, I guess, with the nations, Something special is going to happen here, and it's Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, is walking and beginning a Galilean ministry. Mm. So he's preaching, right? He's he's not doing the carpentry work. No. Preaching the message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And as we get into verses 18 and following, we see that he is calling particular men uh, to come and to follow him Yeah, and to be about a work. Well, and one of the things I see here, in fact, I... I preached a lesson recently just talking about discipleship and recognizing that really when we boil Jesus' teaching down, I know there are a lot of things that we can expand upon, and then there are some complex things and some difficult and hard to grasp and understand things. Yeah. But in the end, when we really boil down what Jesus' main teachings are, they're actually quite simple. For instance, this one, mm-hmm. main teaching. And if I follow this one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay. Yeah. And it's very simple. It's two words. Mm-hmm. Jesus' instruction and call is follow me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Follow me. Mm-hmm. Go where I go. Do what I do. Be where I am. Say what I say. Yeah. Think what I think. Follow me. Walk with me. Look at what I am doing and 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 do that. Go where I go. Follow me. It's it's really it may not always be easy. Mm-hmm. To follow Jesus, but it, it's actually kind of a simple teaching. A Just simple. follow me. Follow me. That's what a disciple is, this this follower. Um, but he also lays out here, he's got a plan for these, a purpose for them. He says, I will make you fishers of men. Now, they're already fishermen working on along the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, yeah. but now they're going to be fishers of men. So, so there's the... Uh, Instruction, mm-hmm. there's the call, and there's mm-hmm. the promise. Follow me, and I'm going to make you something great. Yeah. Follow yeah. me, and, and I'm going to make you something that is beyond this mundane, this earthly, this... He, he's, okay, I mean, yeah, it's great. You're out there catching fish all the time, and that's necessary. We need people who are going to catch fish. But listen, I, I'm going to I'm gonna make you something greater if you follow me. I know uh, at, you, you have the ability or we have the ability to, to piece together a, 
a chronology uh, when you compare all four Gospels and and we find out that Andrew was already a follower of John the Baptist. There had been a, maybe a couple other meetings and introductions yeah. before this happens. It's still remarkable to me, though, that what he asked them to do or, or the way they they take this invitation mm-hmm. is to even leave their nets behind. Yeah. You know, when, when, when Elisha decides he's going to follow Elijah and be that next prophet and carry the mantle, he goes home, he burns his plows, he sacrifices the oxen that he was, uh, you know, using to plow the fields. Are you telling me he did not have a fallback plan there to is, his ministry for the Lord? There was no fallback plan, there's no plan B, and I see that type of commitment to follow Jesus and be like Jesus and these fellows who are willing to leave behind the nets, you know, James and John leave their dad in the boat, Again, I'm like, well, what was the look on his face? Well, (laughs) you know, know, and that's going to give us a different perspective when after Jesus is executed and even resurrected and Peter says, you know what? I'm going to go back to fishing. Let's go fishing. Uh, So he's actually doing the fallback plan there, Mm -hmm. isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, so this Fishers of Men thing, let me share something with you. I I actually noticed something in Jeremiah, uh, I don't know, some time ago when I was reading through it. And... And I saw it, and I thought, "Huh, that's interesting. That 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 seems to impact what what Jesus was saying when he calls them to be fishers of men." But then I kind of just pushed it away. I thought, "Well, I've, I've never heard anybody else say this. I, I must be way off base." Well, but just last week, what what was it? Should, well, I, should I'm we read it? it? I'm gonna get to it. Oh, just, okay. Just hold on. I'm, I'm just really... last week, I'm reading a book by Richard Hayes called "Echoes of Scripture in the Gospels," and he brings up this passage in Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse 16, which is actually. I'm wondering if it's not the picture we're actually supposed to be thinking of when he says, I'm going to make you guys fishers of men. Here's what he says in Jeremiah 16, 16. Behold, I am sending forth many fishers, declares the Lord, and they shall catch them. And afterward, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill and out of the clefts of the rock. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. But first, I will doubly repay their iniquity and their sin, because they have polluted my land with the carcasses of their detestable idols and have filled my inheritance with their abominations. So in this context of Jeremiah, you have an idolatrous nation of Judah, and they're going to be taken out of their land to captivity. And there's a, a part of a, a, a restoration being prophesied here that he is going to call them back. Mm-hmm. But there's also this judgment. Judgment, yeah. Yeah. Let me show you another passage. Okay. Okay, this one is one that I had missed, but but Hayes also brings it up and ties it together. So Amos 4, verse 1. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on the mountain of Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to your husbands, bring that we may drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness that behold, the days are coming upon you when they shall take you away with hooks, even the last of you with fish hooks, and you shall go out through the breaches, each one straight ahead, and you shall be cast out into Harmon, declares the Lord. Well, there it sounds like the fish hooks are are clearly judgment. Clearly. Fishermen are, are, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Judging? Well, yeah, judging. (laughs) They're they're capturing instruments of judgment. That's what I was going to say. There you go. So, look, I don't want to remove from 
from this being fishers of men, the idea that I know I've commonly had and I've heard preached my whole life that it's about evangelism and it's about bringing people to Jesus. I don't remember. You know, that's what fish want. Fish want to be caught in a net. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. They they wake up every day saying, man, I hope I get caught today. I hope I get caught today. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe maybe rather than saying I want to replace it, I, I recognize this is an idiom, and you know when you have idioms, they don't always line up one for one to things. But maybe we should add in that there's two sides to this fishing. Certainly, there's the gathering in to the Lord, but there's also the judgment. In fact, I think mm-hmm. Jesus told a parable that actually really highlighted this. I'm flipping over right now to Matthew chapter 13, where we have this great chapter of parables. And in verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. Mm-hmm. When it was mm-hmm. full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age, the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So here's the idea that being the fisherman is not just about converting people to Jesus. I'm just bringing them in. It's, It's the fact that, look... We, we, people are being fishers for men when we're proclaiming the gospel, telling people repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people that respond to that. There are going to be a lot of people that don't respond to that. Some of our work is just leaving people without excuse. Right. right. Some of that is there's going to be people who come in and I've got the air (laughs) quotes going on, but they, they're not really coming in or they come in and then they fizzle out. And at the end of time, there's going to be a separation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. this, this, so this thing that Jesus says he's going to make out of the apostles is not just, I'm going to turn you into evangelists. Yeah. He's, he's, I'm going to turn you into judges. I'm, I'm going to turn you into people that are dividing the world in two, mm-hmm. drawing mm-hmm. folks in who will be saved from their sins and leaving without excuse those who refuse to respond. Yeah. It's, he says, I'm going to make you something great. This is, this is a bigger picture, I guess, than, than really I had considered. And, and I appreciate that. I really appreciate picking up these Old Testament connections of a Jeremiah and of an Amos and saying, you know, I've seen that with shepherd, right? I, I've seen the, the Old Testament teaching about shepherds and the fulfillments in the New Testament. It's, it's really neat to make that connection with, with fishermen as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening today. We've got one more conversation on Matthew chapter 4. We'll get to that tomorrow. want to invite you to our Facebook group. We'd love for you to review and rate the podcast. We're over on Good Pods now, so you can go there and, and follow us there and share that and rate and review. We'd love for you to do that. Uh, right now, let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, Thank you so much for making us fishers of men. And may we, Lord, be those who are gathered in by your net, strengthened and saved so that in the end, your angels, when they divvy up the world, will draw us into the good containers that we might be to your glory for all time. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. And that, children, is why we eat fish on Fridays. <laughs> you got nothing you want to say? What? What, what are you going to do that bit about fish fry? <laughs> yeah. Was that, was that your bit? <laughs> well, do your bit. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.